Good morning. Happy Pentecost and welcome to Olivet Community Church. We are honored and blessed to have you here to worship on this holiest of days. When Jesus was um, age 30 and came to be baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan, the scripture says, and I'm thinking of the Mark gospel here, that, that he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descend on him like a dove. Oh, may the heavens open this morning, wherever you are this morning. May God's Spirit descend and fill you with his presence. Let's worship God the Holy Spirit together today, shall we? Show us, show us your glory. Show Again, welcome to Olivet Community Church. What a privilege to have you worshiping with us this morning. Would you do me a favor? Would you text your name uh, to area code 812-457-9509? And if there's some way that, uh, that we can uh, minister to you, some way we can pray for you or rejoice with you this morning, uh, text that as well. And, and um we're just in the last few weeks, Lord willing, of this crisis, and uh, we want to be the body of Christ for you. While you're doing that this morning, I just want to remind you of a couple of, uh, of announcements. Um, we are so excited that, Lord willing, and, and I really mean that, Lord willing, 
if everything continues to progress as it has been, we will be able to worship together on June 14th here in our new section in our new sanctuary on um, 1026 Oak Hill Road. And we would be honored and delighted to have you join us here. We will have some special um, protocols in place for your safety and to um, be responsible during this time. We'll invite you to, um, to really deeply consider if you are age 65 and above, just deeply consider whether or not it's time for you to come join us. We know that, that those of us 65 and older are especially vulnerable to the COVID crisis. And we just invite you to use wisdom, uh, to seek God's face. We will look forward to seeing you here with us as soon as you are comfortable. But for those of you who are comfortable now, we invite you on June 14th to come at nine o'clock. Don't forget, we're at our new worship time, nine o'clock, and we will invite you to uh, park in a special area uh, as our sister church, Oak Hill Bible Fellowship, will also be worshiping that morning. And then we will, uh, our, our welcomers and greeters will, um, will guide you into the sanctuary. We'll sit in every other pew. We will practice social distancing with one another. You are welcome to sit with your family members and, and um, people that you are already comfortable with. And then uh, we invite you to wear a mask as you come in. Uh, but then once you are in, you are welcome to take that off. And then as the service ends, we will usher you back out and uh, invite you to put that mask back on as you pass other people in the hallways. But we are just rejoicing that, um, that God has privileged us to rejoin together. As we'll see in our scripture today, being together is critical. And I want you to know that, that being together physically is very important, but much more important than being together physically is being one heart and mind. And whether you're able to be with us physically or not, we are going to trust and believe that God will richly bless you as you join us online or you join us personally. So we look forward to that day. A lot happening in between. Uh, even as I, as I prepare this message today, we are just wrapping up our uh, presence at 5600 Oak Hill Road and and this weekend, we turned over the keys uh, to Oak Hill Baptist, and we are so excited and blessed that that facility is going to continue to be used for God's glory. So make a note, would you, that our new address is 1026, 1026 Oak Hill Road. The signs are up. The offices and Sunday school rooms are ready. We are, um, we are just finishing up work in the gym over the next couple of weeks, and we will be so excited to be fully present here at this place, God's provision for our church family. In the meantime, uh, this coming Saturday is uh, a ministry uh, day at Potter's Wheel. I just want to stop and say I'm so grateful for all of you who have worked so hard for the last two months to uh, be able to enable us to move to our new facility. I have just been astounded with the servant heartedness, with the humility of those of you who just came and said, show me how I can serve and, and made it possible for us to be in our new location. But each of us, God has called to unique ministries. And, and if you've never explored, um, the Ministry of Feeding the Hungry. Potter's Wheel is a great place for you to do that. We will be preparing uh, grab-and-go breakfasts, and so we'll be practicing social distancing, but we would still um, need a team of 12 to 14 or so who will help us prepare those meals. We expect to feed over 200 people that Saturday morning, this coming Saturday morning, and so if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, bring your masks and uh, join us at Potter's Wheel this coming Saturday. Lots of other um, announcements are going on. Our youth groups are re-engaging and going backpacking and um, being together uh, during the week. Check out your bulletin. It's online for you. 
uh, each week at the olivetcommunity.com site. There are many other announcements. Some of the other small groups are engaging. Um, groups are engaging on Sunday mornings, holding watch parties to be able to join or throughout the city, uh, throughout the country, honestly, uh, with us in worship. So uh, check out that bulletin. Uh, it's online for you and olivetcommunity.com. Well, what is this day that we celebrate? I don't know about you, but I love holy days. I, um, I love Christmas, honestly. I mean, real Christmas. Um, not what we in the Western world have made it, but the celebration that God has become flesh and dwelled among us. And I love uh, the story that we've explored so much over these past three months of Christ laying aside his right to his rights as God and becoming like us, being tempted in every way as we are living the life that he's inviting us to. I love Easter and the celebration throughout the Holy Week of, of everything that, that Christ laid down, the humility with which he embraced God's call on his life and then the glory, the glory of Easter, of Resurrection Day, as God broke the power of sin and disease and even death over us. And Christ, who was fully human, going before us and showing us how to live, how to die, how to live in the hope of resurrection and how to step into the resurrected life. He modeled for us everything we needed, but it didn't stop at Easter. You'll remember that, that Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples after his resurrection, showing them what the resurrected life meant reaffirming for them the teachings that he had shared with them over the three years of his ministry. But a big part of what he was doing was sharing hope. He told them, yes, I'm going to leave you. And though we use many euphemisms for Christ's presence in our life, the reality is that right now, Jesus Christ physically is at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He is interceding for us. But when he told his disciples, and, and, and we are his disciples, he, he, he told them that he would not leave them as orphans. Isn't that beautiful? That he would send a comforter. That he would send a, a, a counselor, someone who would convict us of sin, yes, but also of right relationships. And, and that, that person that he promised to send us was the third person of the Trinity that we celebrate together here. That person was the Holy Spirit. And today we get to explore on the day in which the church of God experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit for the first time indwelling them. The birthday really of the faith community that we know of as the church. On, on this day, we'll get to explore what does it mean to have the Holy Spirit dwell in us. But I wanna invite you if you're like me, you're much more comfortable thinking in terms of God the Father. I mean, that imagery just speaks to us. You might be much more comfortable thinking in terms of Jesus, God's only Son, our Lord, right? But I want you to think deeply about this third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you to begin by welcoming the Holy Spirit to our presence today. Would you do that? Let's worship together. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare your living home. Your presence 
so much that you gave us your only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would put their weight down on his life on his word on his death on his resurrection would have eternal life 
But God, thank you that in your wisdom, you gave us your presence through your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We invite you to move among us even now. We confess that there's so much, God, that we don't know. There's so much, even that we're experiencing, that we don't understand. We need you to teach us. We need you, God. In the midst of this crisis, we need your Holy Spirit to comfort us. And honestly, Holy Spirit, we need you to convict us. We have um, lived among a people of unclean lips and it has become very difficult for us to separate reality. It's become very difficult for us to separate truth from falsehood. We need you right now to come. Come, Holy Spirit, and, and embolden us to surrender to embolden us to embrace your calling on our life, to embolden us to step out into the great unknown and walk by the power of the Spirit. So fill us now, would you, with your presence. Grant us courage, even as you did those disciples on that boat so long ago, to step out in the midst of the storm, to step out of the comfort and safety of everything we have always known and trusted, to hear you say to us, Jesus, it is me, don't be afraid. Come, walk upon the water. Oh, we love you, God. We worship you. And in faith, we step out, even now.
coming out of Acts chapter 1, 1 through 8. In the first book, Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with him, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they came together and they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know, time or season, that the Father has fixed his own authority. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Thanks be to God. Please join me with uh, the reading from the New Testament in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through three, 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native tongue? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Jews, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. May the Lord add his blessings to this reading. Thank you so much for opening God's word for us today, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, God, that you have given us everything we need for these days. Would you take this word? and allow it to take root in our hearts. Would you help us to understand it? And then God, would you lead us into life? And God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Mm, amen. Well, I'd like to explore with you today this incredible uh, gift of the third person of the Trinity, of the Holy Spirit. To do that, I want you to walk with me through some familiar passages, but, but just to walk exactly where the disciples who have gone before us have walked. You see, when Jesus was resurrected, he imparted everything that he knew the disciples could handle uh, to them in those 40 days. But as you might remember, 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus left his disciples and he invited them, as we saw in Acts chapter 1, to, to trust him. Do you remember how confused they were? They, they said, Jesus, is this the time when all that we have hoped for, all that we have dreamed of, is this the time when you're going to restore the kingdom? And he said those powerful words to us. Not for you to know 
the times, the human time, chronos, or, or God's timing, kairos. But he said, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And then he invited them to wait, to wait upon the Holy Spirit and, and, and to trust that they would receive the very power that they desired when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Well, as we've explored before, um, they went together they gather together, even as we're gathering across the country here together right now. And, and they waited and, and they prayed and nothing happened. And so they gathered again the next day and the next day and the next day for 10 days they gathered. And, and I, I say this uh, to us today because this is, this is kind of the world that we have been living in, isn't it? That that we have been waiting uh, in isolation apart, waiting for that time when God, who we know here are, here's our prayers, would respond and would end this, this pestilence. And so in many ways, we are exactly in the situation that the disciples were in. They uh, are praying for something very profound. They are waiting patiently upon God. And 10 days now, no, on a very day that was meaningful to um, the people of God, a celebration that had begun long before the Pentecost that we think of when we hear the word Pentecost. As they were gathered there in God's perfect time, in his kairos moment, when, when Jews from all over, who had been there just, just 50 days before for the Passover, from all over the world, gathered again in Jerusalem from every tribe and tongue where God had scattered them, when, in that perfect timing, when, when they were all there in Jerusalem, God answered their prayer. You remember it was like a, like an amazing, rushing wind, right, uh, came over the 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 room in which they were gathered, and and it seemed like uh, they saw a visible manifestation of God in in this flames of fire, and the tongues of those flames of fire seemed to come down and touch each of them. And, and, and you know from God's word that fire has always represented the presence of God. And so it's like the presence of God is touching each one of them and filling each one of them. And, 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 and they begin to speak and, and they begin to speak in known tongues. In fact, the very tongues of the people who have gathered from all over the world. So they were speaking in these known languages of people. Can you imagine? Oh, I know you can, because you have, many of you have traveled to other countries and, and you've immersed yourself in a different language. And, and maybe you're standing in a, a room with hundreds of people uh, and, and all of a sudden you hear your mother tongue, you hear English being spoken in a foreign land and, and immediately you're drawn to that voice and, and immediately there's a, a heart connection. Uh, I can think of times when I've encountered, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of one in Spain uh, on, on top of a tower and I heard a person speaking English and, and I went to him and, and I said, are you from the United States? And, he, and immediately we had this bond, right? It was like old buddies because in a, in a strange and terrifying and an unknown place and time, I heard my heart language. And, and so as the Holy Spirit falls and the tongues of fire touch and they begin to speak of the glory of God, when they begin to proclaim the gospel of God, uh, people hear that in their, in their mother tongue and they are drawn, they are drawn to it. So, wow, I just want to press pause for a second and say, isn't, isn't the plan of God beautiful? That as we wait 
patiently for his perfect timing as we, we join with other people and cry out to God uh, to pray to him for his glory to be known, for us to be given the power and the boldness to begin to share his glory in testimony to others, then God answers in his perfect timing and, and the most fruitful season of our lives uh, is begun. Wow. Just as it happened 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, it can happen for us today. Wow. Well, before we go further, I want to just stop and say, did you notice the reactions of, of the people, right? They, they had a lot of questions. They verbalized them in different ways, but I want to just summarize their question by saying, how in the world is this happening, right? Their minds had no frame of reference for what is happening. And again, I'm drawn to our circumstances right now because you had probably asked that. How in the world did everything that I understand get turned upside down, right? How in the world did everything I know to be true be turned upside down right here? And, and, Praise God, he, he gave his disciples a way to respond. And they reminded these Jews who had come from all over the world that, that this is exactly what God had promised. That in the last days, this is Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2 as well. In the last day, I will pour out my spirit, God says, on all flesh. And, and your sons and your daughters will foretell the word of God. And, and your young men shall see vision and your old men shall, shall dream dreams. Uh, Joel had prophesied of the, of the day of the Lord and it was happening right before them. How is this happening? God is fulfilling his perfect plan. And even when we don't understand his plan, my heart just aches right now for some of you who, uh, who are alone right now. Some of you in nursing homes who are watching this and feel so far from your family and so far from your friends. Some of you who have lost loved ones because of this virus or in the midst of the virus because of other reasons. Those of you who have been so far apart and, and, and felt far from people and felt far from God know that God's plan is perfect and, and it is worth the wait. It is worth the wait. So they, people around them asked, how is this happening? And the disciples explained what was going on. And, and, and then they said, what, is this, what does this mean, right? And they were asking a, a deep question. What does it mean? And it's a good question for you and me as well, because many of us, mm, wow, I'm going to go stronger than I wanted to. Many of us give lip service to the Holy Spirit, right? Many of us say, I want just enough of God to make me feel good spiritually, but I'm not going to completely surrender myself to his direction, right? And as a result, we don't experience his presence and we don't experience his comfort either. What does this mean? God is with us now in a way that he never was before. Wait a second, what about Jesus, you're saying? Well, Jesus was with them physically. He was next to them. But if Jesus was in Galilee and you were in Jerusalem, then you were not experiencing the presence of God. Jesus said, I must go so that the Holy Spirit, he used the word comforter or paraclete, the one who walks alongside you can come. When Jesus went to be with the Father, the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit to be with us so that we would never be apart from God. So that, that everyone who has trusted God can experience the presence of God on a day-to-day -day basis. What does this mean? God has come to dwell in his people. Wow. Not everybody understood it. Many made fun of them. As we saw at the very end of our passage today, many had to find some reason in their mind, and so they just defaulted to they must be, they must be drunk. Today we might say, well, that person's on drugs. I don't know what's going on, right? Um, and that way I don't have to try and process what I'm seeing before me. 
But there were some. There were some that really wanted to understand. And I'm, I'm going to believe that that's true today. There are some of you watching this that really want to understand what's happening to you. What does it mean that God wants to dwell in you? And, and those people came back to, to Peter and said, what shall we do? What shall we do? And Peter gave them some very quick and explicit direction. Led by the Holy Spirit, he said, you must repent. You must turn from your um, living for yourself and turn to God, who alone is worthy of living for you must turn from your ways and embrace his ways. And a big part of that is, as we saw in the Great Commission, immersing yourself in the nature and character and community, in the nature and character and community of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now you symbolize that by water baptism, by being, baptism, being baptized. But don't confuse the sign with the reality. There are many people who have been um, baptized with water who do not know God, who were not immersed in the nature and character and community of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why today I wanted to just invite you to dig deep into this third person of the Trinity. I want, I want you to immerse yourself in the nature and character and community of the Holy Spirit. Right? And let me just tease you by saying there is a passage that you can go to and mixed into that passage is some of Jesus' deepest teaching about who the Holy Spirit is. It's John 14 uh, through 16. It begins with that beautiful passage you're so familiar with. Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid, right? In my Father's house are many mansions. I go there to prepare a place for you. It begins with that beautiful passage as Jesus in that last night of his presence with his disciples comforted them. But mixed in, in those next three chapters, John 14, 15, and 16, are powerful truths about the Holy Spirit. Let me just summarize them for you a little bit here. Powerful truths about the Holy Spirit. That, that the Holy Spirit abides in us, right? The Holy Spirit abides in us, in his people. And, and secondly, that the Holy Spirit teaches us, right? One of the reasons that, that most of us have not um, focused much on the Holy Spirit is because the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to focus us on Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is God's presence in us, bringing to remembrance the things that Jesus has said, glorifying God the Father, glorifying God the Son. The Holy Spirit teaches us, but the Holy Spirit also guides us into truth, guides us into truth. And at least in the 61 years of my life, I've never seen a time when truth was, was so up for grabs, when people would be so confused. Things that, that were so obvious to us, our entire lives now are, are cast in the air. Where do we find truth? Jesus said the Holy Spirit will guide you unto truth. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to help you navigate times just like these so the Holy Spirit will lead you to God's word. The Holy Spirit will prompt you 
of what he wants you to understand right now. The Holy Spirit will guard this deposit of God's word that he has given you today. So this week, if you have time, go to John 14, 15, and 16. Explore the richness of this third person of the Trinity with us, would you? But for today, today, I just want to invite you, if you have not put your trust in Jesus Christ as Lord, if you cannot say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Romans 10, 9 and 10, then, then while you may experience the blessing of the Holy Spirit, um, you do not experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is what will guard your life unto salvation. So, so believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and receive this gift of the indwelling, abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. And as Peter said at the very end of his sermon in Acts chapter 2, save yourself from this corrupt generation, right? Save yourself from this generation. God has given you everything you need, but you have to embrace it. Beloved, God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And even in times like those 10 days between, um, between the ascension and Pentecost, even in times like those terrible days between the crucifixion and the resurrection, even in times when it seems like God has withdrawn his presence, God is actually fulfilling his perfect plan for your life. He loves you and that love has made a way for you, but you must step into it. So, so be brave. I know right now the storm's raging and you're clinging to the gunnels of the, of the boat and, and it seems much safer to just stay there in the water, excuse me, in the boat. But Jesus is inviting you to step out on faith. Trust him. I know you trust him. Trust him and begin to leave a light, lead a life led by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? No matter what pestilence overtakes us, no matter what plague befalls us, then the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit will comfort us and will guide us through it. God bless you this Pentecost Sunday as you experience the presence of God through his indwelling Holy Spirit. Hmm.
Well, thanks so much for being with us this Pentecost Sunday. I'm so looking forward to seeing you again in person. Lord willing, in a couple of weeks, God willing for all of us, all of us by, by early July. Uh, but until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship and communion of his Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Mm -hmm.